Hello everyone. Welcome to the episode 29 of Solid Saturday. The guest we have today, Eric Weber. He has a very interesting career journey towards data science. Currently, he is a senior director as well as head of data science and insights. So let's hear his career journey. How did he find his interest in the data science and managing to lead that area of interest? So welcome Eric and very happy to have you on the show. Really appreciate your time. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me as a guest. Thank you so much. It's all my pleasure. So to begin with, when I came across your profile, you have handled multiple roles along your career journey so far. Mm-hmm. So what do you enjoy the most and why? That's a good question. Um I tend to enjoy the people the most. So this is an interesting thought I have. Um I tend to like working with people to solve problems. So over time that has evolved from being more of an individual contributor where I'm working on code itself to being in more of a leadership role. Mm-hmm. um leadership for me is important because one it has a lot of effect on an organization uh mm-hmm. and two it's not there are very few books that teach you how to be a leader it's not something that you um can sit and practice individually mm-hmm. it's a sport like you have to be working with other people you have to be a good leader you have to be good with other humans right it is a that's why it can be enormously challenging but it's something that i find a lot of value in because it helps un- other people unlock what they're good at mhm um so they're not completely sure like when someone is trying to figure out what they're good at they often need someone to support and help them think through mm-hmm. what their career journey looks like right what matters to them and so i find a lot of value in that because it combines both technical work but also um teaching mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and that teaching component i think is critical um teaching for me is what i love to do and that's i'm not in the academic world anymore but that is a primary driver for me that's great actually and two very important qualities you mentioned here that inspiring and uh, be a mentor to somebody else so those are definitely a good qualities to have to any leader we will explore little bit later uh, on the show so moving towards our next question you have a very interesting story like that is kind of a unique story and mm-hmm. uh, how you started your career in the data science i know some of your followers already might know about it but mm-hmm. those who don't know would you like to share that um well there's multiple components to it right um but you're referencing like so when i back in 2013 2014 i was kind of at a career mm-hmm. crossroads I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um I knew I liked data, I knew I liked statistics. At the time when you grew up in an academic world, they rarely talk about industry. Industry is not a common conversation. It's just they assume that you're going to get your PhD because you want to be in academia. Mm-hmm. Um for me, it was all about uh, really talking with my dad, being like at the time he was working as an engineer at IBM and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, you should check this out." I was like, "I don't even know what big data is." Like, honestly, like I'd heard the phrase, but I never really thought about what it meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the stuff I was dealing with at that point could be done on a local laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't working on distributed systems. But honestly, that was kind of the start of it for me. Um 
the start of it was him kind of suggesting that me starting to dig into courses. Um, some of the first courses that I took were literally on Coursera. I mean, I had previous courses in statistics, um, data visualization, that type of stuff, but applying it at scale was something I hadn't done before. So it's interesting, like everybody you talk to in this field has a different path. Um, there's not a traditional path. There's not a required path. Um, mine happened to just be through a relatively informal conversation with my dad, which is, which is pretty cool when you think about like what, what I was doing in 2013 versus what I'm doing in 2020. My life has changed a lot um, in a very good way. But part of that is you just have to try things out. You have to be willing to, like, if you're interested in something, you kind of have to, you kind of just have to push at it. Like, it's a weird, there's no magical formula for doing anything. You just, like, persistence is pretty much the key. Yeah. I love your quote, actually, on the, maybe we can call it as a tagline on the LinkedIn, where you say that I learn every day. Yes. It's a really very good policy to have for anybody who is trying to get into any field. So thank you so much for sharing and moving towards our next question. As a data scientist, what do you think is the challenging part of the work and what excites you more about this field? I mean, I think all of the work is challenging. I think this is, let's be real, it's um, data science wouldn't have the interest it did if it was simple. Mm -hmm. uh, even when people stop, talk about certain things being trivial, Mm -hmm. You can find that the people talking about that often have like masters and PhDs. So like what's trivial to one person is not trivial to another. Um, but what's hard about this space is knowing how to deliver value, right? Mm -hmm. Like most people who go into a data science field, mm -hmm. their initial motivation is not, I want to go help a business make money. Mm -hmm. right? Their motivation is this is really cool. I can do some awesome things with it. I can answer questions, these techniques and this code, and um, I want to build things. It's not always aligned with business value. It's not. It's, and so, whereas in more traditional and other fields, potentially, like marketing and sales and things like that, those have a direct connection to generating revenue mm -hmm. and growth for a company. Mm -hmm. It's a little trickier because people who are in data don't come into a company asking, how can I make this company grow? Yeah. They ask, like, how can I work on data science in this company? And it's a mindset that has to shift. Either the leadership has to guide people mm -hmm. that way, or they're going to run into a lot of problems. Um, this is why a lot of companies, I think, have a bunch of issues in seeing value in data science is because they don't know how to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm bridge the gap to talk to the data group instead they're just like well they don't understand business and the data group is well they don't understand data and that conflict produces a whole lot of issues mm -hmm. right a whole lot of very negative issues um so it's some it's really about alignment mm -hmm. um me all the skills all of the other things like they come with it um you can learn those skills this idea of being very business focused i continue to think is the hardest thing um it's some, and I say that because even though we talk about it a lot, mm -hmm. people aren't good at it. Like that is, I've rare, I've interviewed very few data scientists or data professionals in my life who come in asking about the business. They yeah. come in asking about the data. 
very different mindset. Yes. Very true. And I agree on that point, actually, because when I started my career as a data scientist, I always felt that I'm missing that piece, getting interaction with the business and uh, understanding what their insight is. But when I move towards the consulting side, I'm getting a lot more exposure, actually, even though I'm working as a data scientist within that team. It is moreover like I get the interaction with the business as well. So it is understanding the business and how they look into the data actually, because they are not interested into any of your technical terms. If they want no, not. <laughs> yes. thing, like, you know, how this is benefiting my business. What are you trying to generate out of this? Whether it is simple Tableau dashboard, they want to understand that. And that is yeah. definitely a gap. And you highlighted that. So thank you so much. And, uh, Next question uh, around along the field, like, you know, you are very passionate about this field and I see your posts as well. You are very active on the LinkedIn and mm-hmm. you've got huge following. So what are in latest things happening currently in this field? Latest updates. It's interesting because I don't think the latest updates are anything different from what they've been in the past two years. Um, I think there's a bit of focus for companies during COVID to examine how they're spending their money, mm-hmm. whether their data science teams have delivered the value that they expected. Mm-hmm. Um, that's certainly happening. But a lot of the other truths and things happening, the discussions happening, are discussions that have been happening for the past few years. They've mm-hmm. been happening in different fields, right? It's how do we see value from our data? Mm-hmm. That, that issue hasn't gone away. Um, like you said, they don't care about the techniques they use. They don't care about the infrastructure that you build. They just want to know that they're making good decisions. Um, businesses are always going to ask that of data. They're going to say, how are you going to help me make better decisions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the things that are new mm-hmm. are like, Oh, this package came out or this library came out. Like the most important things are old. (laughs) They're not new. Like businesses are going to exist in most cases to make money and to grow. Mm -hmm. Right. That's. And so data has to fit into that. It has to enable some component of that. Uh And so I find people like kind of rediscovering this, so to speak. Uh Oh, this is true. The business needs to make money. That's always been true. Yes. We just, I'm starting to see the conversation happen a little more often. Um, I try to drive that conversation because I think people are so used to not having it. Um, They're used to talking about like a very common question in interviews, like what question do you have for us? Right? Like what are you most excited about in data science? And it's almost always about a tool or technique. Very rarely about a business. Mm -hmm. Um, That mindset shift takes time though. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort and it can't just be done with one person, right? Like it's a, I can start the conversation, but people, other people have to really take it to heart mm-hmm. um, to make it impactful at an organizational level. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, definitely. And uh, moving towards uh, next question, it is about your research. Yeah. You worked on the research side as well along your career journey. So yes. any interesting findings or the use case would you like to share with the audience? Um, I think what I, I'm, I'm not, I don't necessarily speaking about the research itself. I think what's important to keep in mind 
about research in general is that research tends to, though it's gotten better, it takes a while to make its way to industry. Mm -hmm. um, this is something that, so anything that I did in research, part of what drove me nuts was it took forever to make an impact, to get through the journal prop, to get through the editorial process, to get printed, and then like 200 people read it, right? It's a, and so part of what this field is about is about sharing impactful things quickly. And that's why I use LinkedIn. That's why I do these kind of podcasts. It's because information gets to people more quickly. Um, mm -hmm. Instead of having to go through like a review process, like I can wake up in the morning and I can hit post and people see it. Yep. It is a very powerful thing as long as you do it responsibly and you generate good conversations. So to me, it's like there's so much interesting research happening, that, but I'm not the one who's going to be the best person to speak to it because my focus is really in the practical sense, mm -hmm. what's in it for the business, right? What's in it for the business? How is this going to affect my bottom line? Mm -hmm. And I will continue to probably say that for the next 30 years. And I'm sure the same message, like these things are always around. They just come packaged in different forms. Mm -hmm. So the way I understood is that you are more over towards uh, your journey towards the entrepreneurship in the AI and data science space, is it? Yes. Yes, that's right. So I think that's a good summary. Yeah, that's great. And good luck with that. Uh, next question is about your case study. Actually, already you mentioned that. But anything that, you know, uh, any kind of a project you, that you always remember being a data scientist in your career journey. Uh, any insights or something that you always remember, right? This was something that I learned from that. And would you like to share that? From specifically about projects or? Yeah, any, any project actually. I mean, I think it's important. Like there are a lot of different projects that I've done. Some, a lot of them, like I can't go into a ton of detail just from employment stuff. But when it comes to projects, the model is probably the least important thing that I do mm -hmm. in the context of the project, or at least the thing I spend the least amount of time on. Um, typically, it's the framing of the problem that you're trying to solve, mm -hmm. data collection, validation, cleaning. Mm -hmm. And then once you've created a model, then actually disseminating it and creating impact from it. Like projects to me, like when you, most people who come into industry tend to think that, most of their time is going to be focused on modeling when pretty much everything that's being built is to make modeling a small part of our time. Yeah. Um, so projects that you display, right? Projects like when you think about interviewing in other places, projects you talk about should be less about the modeling and more about the stuff we don't talk about. How do you develop a meaningful metric? How did you deal with bad data? Yes. How did you take this model and carry it into the organization to have impact? Right? Like that type of question and that type of conversation makes you stand out. Yes. And it, it, because that is not the typical conversation mm -hmm. scientists have with their, uh, in interviews. Typically it's about tools. Yes. <laughs> That's very true. And there are a lot of tools available right now. Like, you know, even though we go for the 
a simple like a visualization tool tableau which is quite popular i yes. have seen people directly jumping into the you know just drag and dropping and drop like you know creating some charts they don't think about uh, structuring that information like look into the data and you know what would be really good to draw like you know any chart but they yeah. are <laughs> just like drag and dropping that anybody can do actually yeah. i mean think about what you're trying to do yeah it's a I feel like we try to move so quickly sometimes to an answer that we stop. <laughs> Don't even think about the question that we're asking. Yes, yes. Right. It's like, that's the most common issue that I see typically in data projects when people, if they get to the end and the stakeholders not aligned with the person, it's because they didn't agree on the question. Yep. Right. If you don't agree on the question, you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble going forward and, and and it's hard because this seems obvious to me because it's how I approach things but I also it's important for people to understand that this is not obvious uh, when you're being like we in data science we don't teach people yeah. mm -hmm. to do this but they have to learn the hard way mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's always an adventure yeah and it always like you have to create that thought process irrespective of which uh, you know job role or technology you work. Yeah. You learn it by, uh, you know, over the years of experience or something like that, but it is again your approach to find it out. Uh, so that is something. And uh, moving towards more about machine learning, this is one of my favorite questions, actually. I asked almost uh, every guest, whoever came from the data science field, that uh, which is your favorite algorithm and why? Um, simpler is better. I tend to, I tend to think um, when it comes to, I don't know if, I, I don't even know what to call an algorithm or not ML algorithm, but mm -hmm. um, tree-based models are super powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, either regression or classification, doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. um, typically they provide a reasonable, and the reason for that is they provide a good baseline for understanding like, okay, what is a simple model get us? What kind of performance does a simple model get us? Because everything else after that is compared to that simple model. Mm -hmm. um, the other reason is that it's intuitive. Um, the concept of a tree mm -hmm. is intuitive to people who, who don't know anything about how the tree is constructed. Mm -hmm. it's, and when they feel like they're empowered and they feel like they have some some way to speak your language, mm -hmm. so to speak, it's really, it's, it produces good conversations. So I tend to believe simpler is generally better. If, mm -hmm. if uh, regression and trees don't do a reasonable job, then maybe the problem isn't framed in the right way. Um, and of course, this is like, this is not applicable to think, we're ta I'm not talking about text and image data here, right? Like that's where it, when we talk about things like deep learning, that's what deep learning is made for. It's made for texts and images. But when it comes to this type of work where we're dealing with often very numerical and categorical features, super powerful to do things in a tree-based approach. Yes, and that is definitely more optimized, I feel, uh, optimized answer rather than just showing that, you know, a random forest is the better or this one is the better kind of. Majority yeah. people have... Like, you know, uh, they like random forest a lot, but it is always depends upon the problem statement and uh, always. yeah, and what you are trying to achieve. So uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing that. Moving towards our next question is that uh, 
lot of things are getting automated now and we have a lot more automated machine learning platforms to help the data scientists. So do you use any such platform? And if yes, then would you like to share? Um, in terms, I mean, I've used different platforms. I mean, I've used DataRobot and Databricks and AutoML, but like to me, that's always going to be taking place. There are like the solution market is going to get crowded and already is crowded in terms of automating mm -hmm. uh, kind of tasks. To me, it's less like it's a focus on what you can't automate, right? Those things, mm -hmm. those things like that part of the data science role may eventually be mostly automated, right? And that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's the creation of metrics, data quality, those type of issues that end up mattering a lot. Um, so it's like figuring out if you're using automated machine learning, what are you going to do to support it in working like it should, right? You have to make sure like you've asked the right question. You have the right data. Um, that is where you come in as a data professional. Mm -hmm. it's, um, so I think people are worried about their jobs being automated away. I'm like, no, your job's just going to change a little bit. Like you may not spend all your time fitting every type of model, but that's okay. There's tons of work for you to do that can't easily be done by a machine. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, moving towards uh, next question is about your favorite programming language. If, if there is any, uh, which is your favorite uh, programming language? I mean, programming language, I've come to respect a lot of them, but I mean, I started off programming in R. That was like what I learned. 2008 was the first time I used R. So like back when it was not very nice to use. Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to be a big fan of it now. Um, primarily, it's a lot easier to use. Mm -hmm. right? A lot of packages built to make modeling easier and modeling in specific situations easier, right? If I want to do survival models, there are key packages I can do. If I want to use do time series stuff, I can um, download specific packages mm -hmm. that are meant to do time series. There's some for frequentists or some that are more Bayesian focused. Like it makes it easy to find the package that you need. Um, so I prefer that, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that I don't use Python. It's just sort of that I'm used to R. Um, mm -hmm. I feel most comfortable in it, but mm -hmm. I also spend a ton of time in SQL, ton of time. In it. So like, it really kind of varies depending on the day. No, that is very valid. Actually, a lot of people directly jump for R Python, but uh, basic time you spent is a lot more SQL concepts as well. A lot of time in SQL. A we lot. Your data manipulation and wrangling. And that is the first thing. The data has to come from somewhere, right? <laughs> Like it doesn't just magically uh, generating any model. You have to prepare that data and bring it into the shape. So yeah, yeah. So that is definitely something I can relate as well. And as you are talking, actually, definitely you are leading the area that you are interested in and moving towards your entrepreneurship side as well. So what is your typical leadership style and any leader that you always look after or admire? Hmm. Um, I mean, leader that I admire is pretty easy. Uh, Jeff Weiner, like when he was from when I was at LinkedIn, and even before that, he's a really good example of the type of leader that I aspire to be. Um, 
leading with compassion and empathy is typically a very big deal. Understanding that while you're running a business and a team, you're still, it's made up of people mm-hmm. and people are only going to perform and deliver for the business when they feel supported and they feel like they're enjoying their work and they're empowered to do the work they want to do. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, leadership style. I don't know. I think this is like boxing it into one. I tend to make people feel supported. Like I want to help them move their career along because mm-hmm. people are going to invest in you. If you invest in them, if you're there to be supportive, if you're there to help them develop, they'll have your back when it comes to getting things done. Um, it's, it's mostly about building trust, right? My leadership style is like whatever establishes trust. And it's even more important in a situation like now where most of us are at home, mm-hmm. right? We have to have that trust established. Yes. We have to be willing to not, uh, micromanagers are having a very tough time right now because they can't see their team all day, every day. And that's okay. Um, yeah, but that's my approach. Focus on trust. Um, usually empathy and compassion and support are the things that build that. And you tend to see really good things from people when that's your focus. Yeah. And that is definitely a very good leadership style to have. Um, Mm -hmm. I think uh, if you build that trust, definitely people do more than expected as well because they, they see that, you know, a leader is leading by example and it is more over like he's always there. If something mm-hmm. happens, like I'm the first, if the failure comes across the way. So definitely the team always feel inspired by those kind of leaders. So thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing. And uh, next question is about what do you think that, you know, uh, any person uh, has to take that extra mile or extra step to follow their area of interest and go grow in that particular career. So what factors do you see are important or any person that, you know, or any steps that he has to take to achieve that in his career? Um, I think you have to be strategic about what you're doing. This is, this is like when you start any venture, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know how you're going to get there, but you have to have, um, how do I put it? You have to have an end goal in mind. Mm-hmm. And willing to explore different paths to get there. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a, the best way to put it is that a lot of people start off thinking they have to know every single step, yeah. but you don't, you probably won't know every step, yes. but you do have to have a vision of where you want to be six months from now, 12 months from now. And then you sort of figure it out along the way. Um, you may have a course that you think you need to take or a project you need to do, and it may not work out in the way you wanted. Then you move. Right. It's all about, but you have to have that overall sense of where you're going. Um, I encourage people to, you know, a lot of people like, I want to be in data science. It's such a broad, right. It doesn't tell me, I I ask, okay, what do you want to be doing 12 months from now? If you know what you want to be doing 12 months from now, it's much easier to think about what you need to do now. Um, But I think people get overwhelmed when they think about, trying to get into data science because they don't even know what they're trying to get into. They haven't defined that for themselves and it's overwhelming when you do that. Mm -hmm. So just my thought. 
yes yes and that definitely uh is true uh it is very important actually and one more thing i would like to just add is it's moreover about exploring as well so try different things as he mentioned already and uh, always find the people who can inspire you that is also yeah, it's important you have to have and the people don't have to be the person that you are necessarily going to turn into right like you don't have to be exactly that person but yes who they are and what they value is often very important um i value people i tend to value people less for their specific accomplishment and more for how they got there yeah yeah right yes yes i don't care if you are in like okay i don't admire someone because they're a vp of a company i admire them because of what they did yes get into that position to be able to have not only have success but like they did it the right way right okay. they did step on people to get into their position but they really focused on being building a community being partners with people that goes a long way and people are going to be happy for you if you take that approach right if you take the approach of being good to other people yeah. they'll celebrate your successes but if you step on people to get there mm -hmm. they're not going to be happy for you yeah they're like mm -hmm. Is that you see this in leadership, right? There's a lot of everyone knows if they look at top level leadership, there's some people that people love, mm -hmm. some leaders that people don't, and it often has to do with how they got to that position. Yeah. Um, it yeah. tells a lot. So it's just just something to note, like admire it. Like I think people worry, like oh, this person's in this position, I should follow exactly what they're doing. Uh -huh. No, to me, it's about look at how they got there. Like, do you think that you want that path to be similar to what you want to do? That's incredibly valuable to me. Yeah. And that, this is actually adding to that uh, previous question as well. Like, you know, when we talk about building the thought process, either yeah. build it through your own experience or you see others' career journey and then you build that thought process, you know, how they get into that uh, specific role or how did they achieve that much growth in their career. Uh -huh. So other stories also actually inspire and definitely your stories are also one of those so thank you so much for sharing all the insights and moving towards the guidance to the audience any books or online courses would you like to recommend to the audience uh, so I'm very, I'm very careful about online courses because um i generally worry about their overall quality um, but things that i know specifically um, matt dancho has his business science mm -hmm. course I find those to be, they're an investment and I understand that it's not affordable for everybody. It's, I'm not trying to say that it is, but they are a good example of what high quality looks like. Mm -hmm. um, truly high quality. It's, and he does things that help people really transform their careers. Um, there are a lot of good um, online resources. Um, I don't, and I think it's more that I tend to, like, there's so many. Mm -hmm. So what I recommend to people rather than listen to just someone like me, read the reviews that people have given to courses, like really read through them. Don't read the ones that don't have any comments on them. Like those are often just you know, one off. There's no actual information. Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of detailed comments and feedback on almost all courses. And if there's no feedback, then be skeptical of that course, <laughs> right? Like feedback is a good thing. And if, if there's good feedback, they should make that public. Right. If there, if there's no feedback, it probably means there's feedback, but it's not good. <laughs> um, when yeah. it comes to books, especially 
Um, there are a lot, and I think it depends on the level that you're at. Um, certainly, certainly there are classic texts um, that focus on machine learning, but I'm going to encourage, I think it's easier for me to list them later, but I tend to come across books that focus on two things. One is they help you understand things. They help you understand modeling with a business context. So like business science, um, data science for business is a very good book. It talks about the technical work in the context of a business. Um, when it comes to leadership, I think there's a lot of really good things for people to think about. Mm -hmm. uh, leadership roles are tough and leadership roles are not just like VP. This is like tech lead, manager, senior manager, director, like um, read books about what that is, what, it, what it means to be in those roles because it helps to be able to look at things from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. You can, running a business and being in charge of a large organization is a very challenging thing. It's a totally different mindset. And so if you want to think about delivering value as an individual contributor, which the vast majority of us are, mm -hmm. being able to think about how other people view your work mm -hmm. is really important. So don't just read leadership books because you want to be a leader. Yeah. Like really read them to see how people think. How do these leaders think? How do they make sense of these scenarios? Um, it's a fascinating perspective to have because it helps you. For me, it had, it's helped me rethink some of my own career. Like, how do you provide? This is why I talk so much about deliver value to the business, deliver value to the business. That's because leaders see that. Yeah. They care about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, to end this podcast, the last question is like any tips or advice for people who are looking to enter into this field or grow in that particular field? So if you're wanting to enter the field, there's two questions. First of all, make sure that you want to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, optimize on the right things. Data science is hard work. Mm -hmm. It's not all glorious model fitting and building. Mm -hmm. If you optimize on salary alone, you're going to, you're going to burn out. Yeah. You may find that you don't like the field. That's okay. You need to but spend time investing up front to figure out if data science is what you want to do. Um, there are a lot of other data related roles that don't require you to be good at modeling. They don't require you to do all like, it's perfectly fine to do that. Mm -hmm. um, if you know that you want to be in this field, then be ready for some hard work. Mm -hmm. Uh, like there's a lot of driven and intelligent people in data, mm -hmm. a lot of them. And so keep in mind that even if it feels like you're not getting anywhere, you're in a cohort and community of people that are really good at what they do. They're really talented. They're really smart. Don't get disheartened at the fact that it can be hard to break into this field because that's always going to be true. Mm -hmm. um, any field that gains popularity is going to have this issue. Yes. So what I recommend that you think about is make sure that you're in it for a commitment. Mm -hmm. right? It's a commitment to go into the field. It's not something that you can just sort of dip your toes into. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of have to go all in if you want to be successful in it. There's, and I know that's uncomfortable. I know people are like, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? I'm like, well, this is the reality. The reality is that this field takes a lot of energy, 
takes a lot of dedication and I just want people to be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. So those are very valuable insights and thank you so much for being my guest on the show as well as I would encourage the audience actually to follow him on LinkedIn because he definitely shares very valuable insights and guidance on the data science field. So do follow him on LinkedIn as well as I hope that you will enjoy this episode. And as I always say, until we meet, happy leading. Let's live together. Stay safe. Bye for now.